Welcome to the Mindful Life Podcast. Join me, your host, Marianne Eve, mental health social worker and mindfulness educator, as I navigate living my best life with the intention to educate and raise the collective consciousness around the benefits of living a mindful life. Each week via the Mindful Life Podcast, I will bring to you a range of content, including special guests that explore mindfulness, mindset, and mental health. Are you feeling tired or are you under stress? Are you overloaded or just generally feeling overwhelmed? Well, I'm really excited to share a very special stress reduction tool that I've been using and recommending to my clients for a number of years. Calm is the number one app for meditation, relaxation and sleep. With over 21 million downloads and achieving the Apple App of the Year in 2017, Calm is so perfectly aligned with all that I do as a mental health professional and all that I teach here at the Mindful Life Podcast. It is the perfect stress relief strategy and the perfect mindfulness tool. The app has so many fantastic and easy to use features, including Daily Calm, a brand new 10 minute meditation every day, 100 plus guided meditations covering anxiety, focus, gratitude, and so much more. 80 plus sleep stories to settle the mind and relax the body. Exclusive music tracks for focus, relaxation, and sleep. Calm Masterclass featuring world-renowned mindfulness experts. My personal favorites include sleep stories, and I've recently discovered Calm Music, which I have on a continuous loop at my practice, in counseling sessions, and in classes. I also love the Calm Masterclass videos, which cover some fantastic topics, including gratitude, happiness, and mindful eating. And not to mention all the great features the app now offers for kids, including sleep stories, meditations, and lullabies. I'm so very excited to be partnering with Calm to bring you, my listeners, some amazing offers. Calm is so generously offering the Mindful Life podcast listeners a free four-week subscription to the Calm Premium app. All you need to do is head to the following link, calm.com forward slash calm health trial. That's calm.com forward slash calm health trial and just follow the prompts to enjoy your free four-week trial of calm premium you'll be feeling calm relaxed and at peace in no time the mindful life podcast acknowledges the Wurundjeri people who are the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast was recorded We recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community and pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Hello and thanks for joining me for episode number 12 of the Mindful Life podcast. In today's episode, I talk about my kids' mindfulness program, a relatively new program that I introduced to my suite of services in mid-2018. Kids Mindfulness is a mental health program that I designed and implemented within my local community for children aged 8 to 12 years. It is a combination of meditation and mindfulness education from a Buddhist perspective. 
with its aim to teach children how to self-regulate their emotions, how to self-soothe and how to self-manage stress. Kids Mindfulness is therapeutic in nature and it's designed to address difficulties but the best bit is the kids actually enjoy it. It's fun and it's an opportunity to make new friends. It's a time for kids to relax, be still, unwind, a time for kids to just let go and just to be. So today I thought I would talk about how my kids mindfulness program came about. So back uh, at the end of 2017, the federal government made a decision to cut the funding to a program that I was offering counselling services under. This program is the ATAPS program. So ATAPS stands for Access to Allied Psychological Services. Uh, this resulted in me losing more than half of my clients and a pretty big chunk of my income as well. So what followed was a really difficult time where I came close to shutting my business down. I was unable to take an income for over six months and things were looking pretty bleak. However, I was determined to keep my practice open and I am the kind of person that when I am faced with a challenge, uh, when I'm told that things aren't possible, I will work as hard as I can to prove that wrong. I was really determined to keep helping my community and to keep my doors open, but I was needing to think outside the box. Uh, I decided that one-on-one -on -one counselling, uh, it was pretty clear that that was not going to pay the bills any longer. Many of those ATAPS clients were uh, coming back through Medicare, but it was taking some time and there was a gap for them to pay through Medicare because the ATAPS program was fully funded and now that these clients uh, had to make their way back through Medicare, there would be a gap to pay. So that made it difficult for a lot of these clients. So it did reduce my uh, caseload significantly. So I had to put my thinking cap on. I had to think outside the box. So I woke up one day with an idea to run some groups for kids for my practice and more specifically uh, a kids mindfulness and meditation program. I used my skills and training and knowledge in children's mental health and my interest in Buddhism and meditation to put a program together. At that stage, I had no idea what the classes would look like, but the general idea would be to teach kids to self-soothe, self-regulate and self-manage stress using basic meditation and breathing exercises. I decided that my target group would be predominantly kids with anxiety as this was the main presentation um, of kids who were presenting to my practice for one-on-one -on -one work. The age group would be 8 to 12 years, give or take a few years. So I sat down and I wrote up a rough program and I decided to launch at the start of Term 3 on a Wednesday. I was absolutely terrified and uh, the program started with just four kids. It was in the beginning predominantly basic meditation. We would, we would use our breath or we would focus on an object such as a mandala or a Buddha statue or I'd take the kids through um, a guided meditation or a guided body scan. I also added in about 10 minutes of very basic yoga poses uh, with uh, again the main aim being to focus on mindfully what we could feel in our bodies. I'm not a yoga teacher so I just use my own interest in yoga to guide me. I also thought a tea ceremony would be fun. We explored the history of tea and its historical use as medicine, the value of a warm drink to comforts and soothe with friends 
um, and to share with friends. The prime focus of our tea ceremony was on using our senses. So it was a mindfulness activity to guess the flavor of the tea, usually a herbal tea, and to practice bravery whilst trying the tea. The kids were often reluctant um, to try the different flavors as they hadn't tried tea before. And this would then prompt a discussion about growth via moving outside of our comfort zone. We'd also sometimes use the tea ceremony to talk about what we were grateful for. The tea ceremony incidentally became such a hit, it was always the first thing the kids asked about on entering the room for our session. So week two and three uh, saw numbers dwindle. My limiting beliefs and self-doubt kicked in. I started to say things to myself like, it's not working, the kids don't like it, what was I thinking, this program isn't going to work. But I was pretty determined um, and I really had no choice to be honest, so I persisted. And I told myself that these things take time, just to give it, um, give it some time and give it some, some space to develop. And then uh, a few weeks later, the, the session started to book out. So probably by about week five, week six, I had eight kids attending the Wednesday session. And then I had a wait list of another eight kids. So word was spreading amongst parents. Um, and not only that, the parents of the kids attending were seeing some positive changes in their kids' behaviour. So sleep uh, and mood were improving. Uh, and also the school was starting to feed back to some of the parents that behaviour and attention in class was improving as well. So it was time to add another class. By mid-August, a month after I had begun the Wednesday group, I added a class on a Tuesday this book out immediately uh, and I had begun to teach about mindfulness from a Buddhist perspective, just really basic stuff, choosing a different topic each week. The children learn about gratitude, kindness, acceptance, forgiveness, compassion, empathy, impermanence and letting go. And I also incorporated some cognitive behavioural therapy concepts as well, teaching the kids about thoughts, feelings and behaviours and uh, reacting versus responding, the stop, think, do stuff. I noticed children were starting to open up uh, in the groups and talk about their own experiences and their struggles, which was a real positive. Friendships began to form and I witnessed the children starting to display empathy and compassion towards each other. So term four arrived and as I was still receiving inquiries and I still had a wait list, I added a third class on a Monday. I sat down again over the holidays uh, before the term began and I rejigged the program. I decided to reduce the amount of meditation and I added in some mindful craft activities and games. I was astounded that I had managed to fill three classes, but I was incredibly grateful that I had built this program and they had come. I'd taken a chance and it was really scary, uh, but I just kept telling myself, what's the worst that can happen? It won't work and I will still learn something from that. I'd asked the universe for a new direction for something to help me to keep my doors open and the universe had delivered. I was just so grateful. So it was term four, the start of October, and I now had three sessions across three days. They were all booked out and I there were still a few kids on the wait list. Some children moved on, having learnt some new skills, but many of the kids were still with me. Uh, relationships were building uh, and that was really exciting to, to watch those friendships form. 
And it was incredibly fulfilling for me as a mental health worker to see the changes in these small children. I witnessed changes to mood, behaviour and confidence. And of course, some parents were continuing to report that they were seeing positive changes too. So what type of kids did the program attract? Around half of my 24 kids have anxiety and probably around 8 to 10 have some sort of behavioural issue or on the autism spectrum. And some kids attend just for fun. There's also kids who have experienced family violence. Um, They may have parents who are drug users uh, or previous drug users. And there is a significant number of kids who come from a single parent family or a blended family uh, where their parents have repartnered. So as I record this episode in the summer school holidays, just two weeks before uh, Kids Mindfulness resumes, I've had almost a month away from teaching my kids mindfulness and it's wonderful for me to sit back, have a bit of a think and reflect on its success and what I've learnt as a children's mental health worker. I can honestly say that implementing and delivering this program has been one of the highlights of my helping career. Um, It's incredible to be back working so closely with children again. My aim was to teach kids that stress is a normal part of life and that in this life we are all going to be faced with obstacles and challenges. I wanted to show kids that we can learn how to manage our difficulties. We can learn how to self-soothe. We can learn how to manage our stress ourselves using tools and strategies like our breath, meditation, movement, and leaning on concepts like gratitude, kindness, impermanence, forgiveness, compassion, and of course, letting go. Uh, These groups are the ideal therapeutic environment for kids to learn, not only via the teaching and the content, but the kids learn so much from each other. They support each other, they bounce ideas off each other and they listen to each other. Children truly are sponges and they conform to the group norms and the group expectation. The group removes stigma, showing the kids that we all have struggles in this life. We all face obstacles. And of course, the power of repetition and the subconscious mind also cannot be denied. I've witnessed this session after session with children reflecting back to me what they have learnt, not only in their words, but in their actions. So was it easy? Often no, it wasn't easy. The sessions themselves involved a lot of preparation and they were physically and mentally exhausting, but it was so incredibly worth it. Were the kids always compliant and well-behaved? No, but this in itself became an opportunity to educate and reflect back to the children what is and what isn't appropriate in their behaviours and in their interactions with others. I think there's always an opportunity to educate through every experience. So this is a mental health program. It's been written by a mental health worker, me, for children with mental health and behavioural issues. And I think the reality is putting eight kids together with a range of difficulties, whether it be mental health issues like anxiety um, or behavioural issues or kids on the spectrum or kids who have experienced family violence or um, you know, other difficulties as well, it was always going to be a challenge. It was always going to present obstacles and difficulties. 
However, on the whole, it has worked really well. Uh, there have been some challenging moments and some challenging behaviours to deal with. Like the time, actually, it was the last session of the year. Uh, it was a Christmas celebration, so we were doing some special activities. And after an altercation with his brother, one of the children threw an entire cup of hot chocolate against my white wall, uh, blaming his brother, stating his brother had made him angry and this is why he uh, had a meltdown and threw his hot chocolate. So this was a difficult situation, a confronting situation for some of the kids to witness and I immediately questioned whether my teachings had fallen on deaf ears for some of the kids. However, we used this situation to reflect and without prompting a number of the kids highlighted that the child chose to behave the way he behaved. No one made him. He had a choice as to whether he would throw that hot chocolate against the wall um, and the kids went on to explore that he could have done it differently. There are other things that he could have done and they were able to rattle off um, some other strategies that he could have used. And it was wonderful to see the compassion and the lack of judgment from the other children too, as they offered to clean up the mess and they, you know, they also offered to, um, you know, console or, or help that child self-regulate as well. They were very kind and compassionate. It was so heartwarming to see this kindness and to see this compassion and this forgiveness uh, and of course empathy and as I've said no judgments from the kids. So I will again run this program this year term one 2019 is already booked out I already have a couple of kids on the wait list and I'd say around 90% of the kids from 2018 are returning. I have some new faces coming on board as well the program will again be rejigged a little. I have decided to remove the mindful craft activities that I had implemented in the final term um, of 2018. Whilst these activities were really fun for the kids um, and a good example of mindfulness, I think they were quite time consuming and sometimes they really amped the kids up. They really defeated uh, the purpose of the program. So I will return my program to a more meditation focus. There will still be mindfulness education from a Buddhist perspective, of course, but the focus will be more on calmness and stillness. Um, so back to what we were doing in term three, which I think was a much better model. And I will be removing the yoga component as I'm due to complete my children's yoga teacher training in February. And I'm plan planning on launching a completely separate uh, kids mindful yoga program in March so stay tuned for that one that's um that's a really exciting development in my practice as well so there you have it that's my kids mindfulness program um, I also run a kids mindfulness school holiday program these are one-off sessions that are similar to the weekly program just a little bit more activities based and uh, they're really fun as well and once a month, the first Sunday of the month, I run a class called Together Mindfulness, which is an intimate session of four parents and four kids. Uh, the focus of this session is on connection, attachment and bonding. And uh, it's an opportunity for parents and kids to learn mindfulness uh, and relaxation techniques together and something that they can then go home and show the rest of the family and practice at home as well so that's a lovely session that's been quite successful 
I'd also like to highlight that I am a Medicare accredited mental health social worker. So all of my courses um, and all of my services for both adults and children can be heavily subsidised via Medicare Australia, except for my hypnobirthing program. So this basically means that the fees I charged will be significantly reduced if you have a GP mental health care plan. Um, you just need to fit the criteria of past or pre present mental health um, symptoms or diagnoses and you can obtain your GP mental health care plan for counselling or for group work. So thanks for stopping by to listen to today's episode on my kids mindfulness program. This is a program that I'm really uh, passionate about and that I really enjoy running. Um, it's a program that I think is really needed uh, for kids. Uh, it's an early intervention program with a strong focus on kids helping themselves, kids learning strategies to, to help themselves through their difficulties. So if you have learnt something today or if you've found it helpful, please feel free to share this episode. You never know, it just might help or even enlighten someone else. And if you are listening via a podcast that allows you to leave a review, please consider leaving a few words of encouragement and hitting those stars as well. And until next time, may you have peace in your thoughts and your hearts and share it with others. If for any reason you have found the content of today's podcast triggering or distressing in any way, please consider accessing some professional support. Australian mental health telephone support numbers are listed in the show notes. You've been listening to the Mindful Life podcast with your host, Marianne Eve, mental health social worker and mindfulness educator. If you'd like further information or you'd like to connect, feel free to make contact via Facebook or Instagram under the handle Mindful Life Podcast or via email mindfullifepodcast at gmail.com. Mm -hmm.